could be looking at you. From a free Do this, man. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the No Look Lakers podcast. Dimitri here. What's up, Kenny? What's up, man? Playoff time. Playoffs, baby. Playoff time. Lakers just even the series with the Suns 1 1. Uh, got a lot to, to catch up on after the, the first game and the second game, but Lakers pulled out that game to win in Phoenix 109 102. And man, it was great to see AD back being AD, LeBron being LeBron. You know, Dennis came back and was hella clutch, but yeah, man, what are some of your thoughts to start uh, after last night's game? Man, I texted you, I think it was yesterday, after we had talked on probably Monday about it not being a must-win yesterday, and then I turned my mind into, I think it's a (laughs) (laughs) must-win. Yeah, dog. So I feel a sense of relief, but just seeing the Lakers show out in stretches, like they weren't perfect by any means, but showing out in stretches is huge. Just seeing what kind of team they can be. So I'm excited for them to grow on this and continue to get better as the playoffs go along. But, man, it was a huge win. Yeah, bro, huge win. And, yeah, to your point on that, it was good to see them have some good stretches. It was nice to see the Suns not come out with all that playoff excitement and be putting up, like, nearly 40 points in the first quarter. Lakers actually led them 30-24 to after the first. And, you know, LeBron set a tone. He played nearly the whole first quarter, scored 10 points. AD ended up playing eight minutes after picking up two quick fouls and scored six. And that's huge, man. For them to be collectively in the first quarter, six to 10 for 16 points, man, that really shows where the team could have been in the first game if they had actually just showed up. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple sometimes, man. Only putting in 91 points when your two best players get outplayed by Aiden. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Not a good feeling. But, man, a win is a win, and it felt good. I love yeah. seeing AD, you know, be aggressive. He got to the, what, free throw line 21 times, I think. Yeah, 18 um, to 21, man. And a few of those were uh, getting fouled late in the game for the Suns trying to extend the game. So it was probably more like a 17 free throw attempt night, but yeah, still... It was great to see him aggressive, getting the ball, being decisive. I thought in the first quarter it was evident, like, he changed his mindset of, like, waiting for the double team to come to attacking who was guarding him. I got Crowder in foul trouble early. Um, but in the third quarter, I felt like he started doing the same thing where he's holding the ball for five seconds, jab, 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 wait for a double, swing the ball kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he continues to be decisive on his moves. Yeah, in the third quarter and even early to start the fourth, I felt like we were getting the passive AD, especially when the the Suns actually came back and took the lead for a quick minute. I was like, dude, if this guy doesn't just get to the rim and try to make something happen, uh, which he did. I think he had an and one soon after that, which was awesome. Or he just attacked the rim with like five seconds left on the shot clock. And it's like, yes, you know, it's like, go get a foul, man. Like work right. for it, but still try to score. And... I actually was texting a buddy who was saying, you know, I was like, AD's back. AD's back. And he was like, AD's not back. He he, he made two more field goals than game one. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, if you're just looking at the box score made field goals, it wasn't that much of a difference. But, dude, 18 to 21 from the free throw line, that's insane. Means, I mean, yeah, he probably shot six, six free throws at the end of the game uh, to extend the lead when the game was pretty much away. But still... Dude, those two fourth quarter three-pointers were huge. <laughs> like, 
Oh, I'll, monstrous, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll t I don't care if he only made two more field goals in game one. Those two threes were massive. And also his defensive effort. You got to remember, AD wasn't an offensive player coming out of college. He was all about rebounding blocks, and he got his all around the rim, just throw it up to him. And his offensive game has evolved so much to where it's like, you know, we kind of expect him to still get to the hoop and finish and get his points. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's our defensive anchor. And we didn't see any of that out of him in game one. Whereas in this, you know, the last three minutes of that game, of game two, he had that block on Aiton where Caruso needed the help. He had the uh, the steal, I think two possessions later, where he got fouled pretty hard by, right. I think, uh, Jay Crowder. And then he forced a turnover on Devin Booker. He hit it off of himself. That's Lakers ball. Like, those are big plays, man. And that just shows 80s involvement on the defensive end, and it really just starts with effort. I mean, I just think back to how we were recording those, our, one of our first or first three episodes, how we're like, dude, if 80 showed any type of effort, he'd be able to cover that paint. And that's exactly what he did last night. Oh, yeah. I mean, AD's game goes so much, like you said, so much further than his scoring. He is our defensive anchor. Like, the last three and a half minutes when Lakers were up by one, I think, when the timeout got called. And they completely, they won an 8-0 run. LeBron got the M1. Or LeBron hit the fadeaway. AD got the three-pointer. And I think LeBron got an M1 after that or something. It was like 101-92 after that. Yeah. And, but their defense was just swarming. I mean, you just watch those five possessions of defense, and that's championship defense. Not many teams in the league can put clamps on someone like that. And, I mean, shout-out KCP, shout-out Dennis, shout-out Caruso and LeBron and AD for actually trying on defense this game. Right. And the Lakers would have held them under 100 again if it wasn't for those shitty-ass Devin Booker foul calls to end the game. <laughs> that was the worst ending to that game. Like, I, I couldn't I, believe I know. Was like, I didn't know if they were trying to cover a spread or if they were had a, a parlay going on how many points Booker was supposed to have been putting up or free throws. I don't know what it was, bro. But I've never seen four possessions, five possessions straight of just jumper free throws. <laughs> oh, I know. And he ended up with 17 free throw attempts last night. And it was mostly because of the end of the game. And, like, I really just don't understand. Like, no one gets those foul calls late. And I don't know if it was just like they're trying to make Booker happy and feel like he got his free throw attempts or something. Because he was complaining all night. I mean, that's what Book does. It's fine. But there was that one possession, I think right in between the block and the steal from AD, where LeBron got switched onto him. And Book went across the lane, and he ended up around the elbow. And he kind of like tried to bump into LeBron, but LeBron put his hands behind his back. Oh, right. Yes. And Book yes. was like yelling at the ref because he wanted a foul. It's like, bro, like, come on now. It's playoff basketball. You're not getting that call. You're just not. Yeah, LeBron definitely defended that as if he was like, yo, <laughs> I know that you're going to try and uh, fiend for this foul call, and we're not going to give it to you. And thank God they didn't call it, man, because if they would have called that, that was an important part of the game. Um, yeah, I think at that point it was right, might have been right after AD hit that free throw or that three-pointer or LeBron hit that fadeaway or something. But, yeah, that was huge, absolutely huge. And it was actually funny, if you watch it back, because Book was yelling at the ref, I think he could have gotten that offensive rebound, because I think KCP got the rebound. But if he wasn't yelling at the ref, he would have been in prime position to get that offensive rebound. Ah, uh, you're right. That was the one where it was kind of loose for a while, and it took them maybe like two seconds, three seconds to collect it. Yeah, that's funny yep. as hell, man. Yeah. Maybe that's why they were like, you know what? Fucked up on this play. Let's give him six free free throws. <laughs> 
when the game's over. Yeah, when the game is over. <laughs> so in the fourth quarter, I mean, AD had 14 points. Obviously, nine of them came from the free throw line, which carries it. But LeBron only had five points, two of five. Uh, he hit that clutch three. But I think what was more important was that, you know, when the game was nearly tied or Lakers might have been up two, you know, it was great to see LeBron go into his move, that patented turnaround. You knew it was coming. It was just more, like, once he got into the motion, I was like, damn, I'm really hoping that he does this turnaround pat and LeBron. And he did. Because, I mean, you can still clearly tell he's not 100%. I mean, he finished with 23 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. Played 38 minutes. And on a bum ankle, man, that was... I was just happy that he went into that move and showed us he still got it. Because, I mean, if he show exerting that confidence in the 4th now... Man, hopefully that just carries over into the second and hopefully third round, if the Lakers get oh. there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's easy to forget LeBron's only in his fifth game back. It took AD probably six or seven games to get back to that Phoenix level or that, that Portland game, at least. LeBron's still kind of in a feel-out, I feel like, with his ankle. But it was huge for me to see on that patented turnaround that he went off of his right foot. Yes, I was just about to say that because the on the, on the dunk... The alley-oop he had from AD in the first, he went off of his left. And I'm like, all right, man, we know, like, <laughs> don't think if he has a leg or fat, I didn't notice that. But, yeah, bro, good good eye. So, so that was great to see. I think a lot of it, he's still building confidence up in his ankle and in his body again. And I think he's also coasting, which is insane to say that he's coasting and putting up those type of numbers. Um, but he's only gotten, I think I saw the stat today, that only 8% of his shot attempts are inside the, the lane which is like a third less than his average on playoffs, at least. So I think he's, it's either he's not healthy and he doesn't want to get in the lane or he's kind of coasting and trying to preserve his ankle and get his ankle stronger as he plays, kind of, which I think is more likely. Because he seems explosive when he needs to be, which I think is a huge piece. The fact that he was able to move his feet and stay in front of Book on that possession I was talking about earlier it just shows me that his ankle is okay. So hopefully over these next couple weeks, it starts to continue to strengthen and he shows more confidence in it. But it might be a situation where it's like, yo, if we're not down 2-1 or down 2-0, like why am I going to put this strain on my foot or ankle when I know we can still win this game? Yeah, exactly. It felt like, you know, there was that lull in the fourth quarter when the, the sun started taking the, they took the lead for a bit. And I was like, dude, we've already played like four or five minutes of the fourth quarter. Why is no one on the Lakers being aggressive? Oh, yeah, that's normally when LeBron's being aggressive, but he's probably still holding back a little bit. Right. So, it's, you know, it makes total sense. And, you know, I think that that turnaround jumper really set the, you know, it started that run. And, I mean, if, if all we need is, like, one or two shots from him to, to fall in the crunch time, dude, I'm all for it. Because, yeah, it was pretty disappointing seeing KCP go 0 for 4 again. I feel like when he's releasing them, they look good. Like, his elevation on his shot... The release looks good. I mean, in the first it, throughout the game, they were really running him off the three-point line to where he couldn't even shoot it. But yeah, bro, like they look good when they release, but they're just nowhere near going in, which is pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I think KCP is one of those huge confidence shooters. He just needed to see one go in. He just needs to see one go in, and I'm praying we get that early in the in game three. Because there's a lot of averages in play here, so because KCP is what like 0 of 7, 0 of 8 on three so far in this round in this playoffs, hopefully that gets back. <laughs> he can go on a hot streak and get 
up to his 38 to 40%. But I love seeing LeBron get in him last night and tell him just to shoot the goddamn basketball, man. Yeah, because it got into that awkward play, right? Wasn't that the one where he got swung around, KCP, then he threw it to, to AD in the corner, and then he cut through? Yeah, Dennis in the corner. Yeah, yeah he threw like, it to Dennis in the corner, and uh, Dennis pulled it, and I was like, bro, that is not... It actually happened twice. I, okay, you're talking about... I think we're talking about two different ones, because he did swing it to AD on one, too, but the last one, when right before LeBron got into him, was when he swung it to Dennis in the corner, and Dennis took that shot in the corner, and it's like... Just shoot the ball, KCP. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, just rise up, let it fly. I mean, at this point, try to get a damn foul call if they're just handing him out, like, free candy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, if KCP went 1-7 in game one, he went 0-4 um, in game two. He's 1-11 on the series <laughs> from three. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, like, 5-9 tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he could go, like, 7-12 in the game three and game four, and the Lakers are going to blow them out. Yeah, exactly. Because... Like, it's that simple. If KCP hits a couple of his threes, and he that means he's going to start letting it fly even more, either he's going to start letting it fly even more, or the defense is going to start hedging a little bit more towards him, and that just opens it up for AD and LeBron, and it's simple. It's just, yeah. yeah. Simple after that, man. Yeah, last night was one of those rare games where the Lakers didn't get much bench production. Uh, I mean, much? Did they yeah. get any? <laughs> yeah, they got 13 points off the bench, man. That's pretty damn sad. Uh, and two of them were Gasol threes. Yeah, so. they, man, Gasol coming in. Oh, man, and being able to just let that three fly. He did hit one, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. Uh, and then he took one right after. And I was like, dude, come yeah. on. This is like, kind of felt like THT. Like, bruh, you got your shot. Uh, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't get this other one, but we'll let that slide. Because they ended up, you know, one for two is better than, than nothing, I guess. But, yeah, man, I mean, they had, what, 96 points from their starters. Oh, man. It was literally a starters game. Like, it's that simple. Drummond was great, by the way. That was his best game as a Laker. I mean, he's he's at that point. There's that weird point when you're a fan of a team and there's a player, like, you kind of aren't a big fan of. And, like, any little thing they do that pisses you off. But, like, as a whole, he was great last night. Uh, yeah. defensively in the first quarter, like, that defense was... Because they were attacking Drummond every single time in the pick and roll. And he was in the right spot time after time after time, forcing turnovers. Devin Booker had three turnovers, I think, in the first quarter. And a lot of that was because of Drummond. Twelve rebounds on the night. Uh, he had, like, one or two post-touches that I was like, yeah, miss me with that. But five offensive rebounds block and a couple steals I mean he was he was great last night and same with Dennis I mean Dennis attacked for the first time since he came back from COVID protocols and it was it was a huge jump to the offense yeah it's kind of like what you were saying about KCP playing with confidence like if KCP hits one or two threes uh, in the first quarter you can expect him to have some offensive production throughout the game right dude Dennis came out he had one made field goal in the first but then in the second quarter, man, he had 14 points. Five and nine shooting, two threes, two for two from three. Like, talk about carrying the load offensively. I mean, 14 of our 23 points, and both teams scored 23. Like, that, if it wasn't for him, man, that, that game could have been entirely different. So, kudos to him, bro. Man, it was very exciting to see Dennis shooting with confidence from three, being able to get to the hoop, and... Yeah, man, I guess that's a disadvantage for the Suns. It's like, Aiton can't be everywhere. 
So when he sees that Aiton's on the other side of the court, he's just driving that ball. And to be honest, Devin Booker wanted no part of that defense campaign, wanted no part of that defense. We're going to get into CP3. CP3 wanted nothing to do with last night. Like, Dennis just did what he had to do. And, man, hopefully we get half of that for the next game, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I think it's it's huge to see Dennis attacking like that. Uh, especially with LeBron not attacking the paint. Like, we need, like, no one else on our team attacks like that. Besides Anthony Davis, but he's already getting the ball down there. So, we need someone to get the ball on the perimeter and attack. Uh, so, it's just absolutely huge. Dude, that's a good point, man. I mean, you just said that LeBron's, what, like, less than a third of his shots have come in the paint. Good, thank goodness. 8%. Eight less than 8%? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. Well, Dennis definitely <laughs> makes up for that. So, and also, yeah, Drummond, he, he got it. That was a really good game for him last night. I mean, you know, we, I think we were talking about it too. It's like, we wish that Andre Drummond was kind of like Aiton, where it's like, you just find him on the pick and roll. You find him under the basket. And he could just go up and dunk that ball. Obviously, that's not, we find out that's not who Drummond is whatsoever. But he, he, he held his own last night. You know, he, he had, I think he had two plays where he was like right above the, the key. And someone found him, and he actually was able to drive in for a for a uh, for a layup, which is great. One of them, I think, he got fouled and got an and one. Where we were probably both at the same time, like, yes, finally he gets a foul call, he gets an and one. <laughs> like we were hyped, bro. I, last I night was I was. Hyped. I don't even remember one time I was mad at Andre Drummond last night, and that's that is progress. That is growth. <laughs> no, it's huge, and I mean, a couple things I got to say, like that, super positive about Drummond. For one, he's got great hands for someone his size. For two, he can move his feet for someone his size, kind of like in the same way AD can move his feet. And it's it's impressive because when he corrals the ball handler off the pick and roll, like the difference between him and Gasol is Gasol's getting burnt every time if he's playing up on the, the ball handler on the pick and roll. Oh, yeah. But Drummond's able to stay in front of him and corral him long enough for the defender to get back to him, which is... I mean, for someone his size, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, for as low as he gets in a defensive stance, I'm like, no wonder he's slow to get back up or pick up another man, dude. He's actually trying. He's actually trying on defense to stay in front of a guard, and I love it, man. And being able to get 24 solid minutes out of him, 15 and 12, like you said, two steals and a block. Um, Gasol filled in as the backup instead of Trez today, and I feel like this is something we should definitely get into because... AD picked up those quick two fouls, kind of messed up the entire rotation. Um, <laughs> he still got eight minutes out of the first quarter and only finished with three fouls on the game. But, dude, Marcus Gasol, thank you, Vogel, for finding out that that was the way to go. Yeah, man. I mean, he just provides so much more for our offense. I mean, he's a facilitator. Obviously, he stretches the floor. And he's just smart defensively. Like I said earlier, he can't move his feet in the same way that Drummond can. And there was a couple times, a lot of that run when CP actually started to get going for a little while was on Gasol on the pick and roll because he knew that Gasol was too slow. But I just think Gasol's so much better for this matchup. Was Aiden on Gasol? I mean, if Aiden played 42 minutes, was he on Gasol when it was like Gasol and AD out there? Because we did see some of those minutes. He was definitely pulling the big outside to the three-point line, and you got to respect it, two or four from three. I think when AD was in with Gasol and Aiton was out there, Aiton was on AD, and whoever was playing the four was on Gasol, whether it was Saric or Jay Crowder or whatever. But then when AD wasn't out there, I think Aiton was on him. Man, you just reminded me that Jay Crowder was so weak last night, bro. 
<laughs> he deserved Dude, to get. He was. Oh my god. <laughs> he deserved to get kicked in the dick, even though that shit wasn't. Even though that was unintentional. Um, right. Like that. Uh, that's again what we're kind of going about. Like, dude, that's a flagrant foul, and that's a total accident. Like, it is unnecessary. Uh, when is unnecessary movements such as, you know, kicking your leg up and kicking dude in as a jump shot in the balls? When is that any different than what Draymond did to LeBron in the eye? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. Like I, I have a feeling. That if that was with the two-minute mark in the fourth quarter in the tight game, they're not calling that a flagrant. Yeah, dude, because... Which like, is just insane. It's just, don't call it. Like, it's cool. Like, it was an accident. Like, yeah, he got kicked in the dick. Like, it probably hurt like a mother. But, I mean, he got fouled, so he swung his leg out to sell the foul is how I interpreted it. And then he happened to hit him right there, which, I mean, I'm sure AD kind of loved because Crowder's been playing dirty for the last two games. But, you know, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Yeah, like earlier in the day, did you see the tre- the Trevor Ariza flagrant foul call on Giannis? Yeah. Yeah, where like he pushed up off of him. It's like, okay, bro, that is hella unnecessary because what man pushes up off a man when they're both on the floor? You normally push up off the floor. Right, you know? right. Like that, that was hella unnecessary on top of the foul that he created. This whole thing with AD, that was so stupid, bro. And I, it made me happy that Crowder was in foul trouble the whole night because... You know, we, we talked about it in the uh, series preview. You know, if he's having that type of game where he's just shooting poorly, Lakers have a good chance of winning. And he was 0-7 from three in the first game. And he was 1-6 from three in the second game. So, you know, those are just lost minutes for the for the Suns. And I love it as a Laker fan. <laughs> yeah, man. There was I think it was when LeBron hit that three late. Uh, I don't remember if it was before or after AD's. And AD rolled to the basket, and just Crowder just straight pushed AD in the back, and AD stood up again, and then Crowder like pushed him again or pulled him again. And it's just like, dude, like, yeah, bro, I'm, I stop exactly. trying to hurt our players, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I know exactly what you're talking about. That was the uh, the LeBron three, man. Jay Crowder's just doing something else. <laughs> Do you see and that? Like, he, he, you see he's that? turbing at the bench all game too. I was gonna say, did you see that that he liked that li- uh, that tweet? That showed that, um, like, show me AD's championship ring, and it was a, uh, they were it was showing that it was like fake fake diamonds, <laughs> like oh kind of saying that his God. ring didn't count. I'm like, all right, bro, you were in the finals too, dog. <laughs> don't act like you. Yeah. Don't act like if you guys won, that wouldn't have counted just as much as the Lakers did. And yeah, like you got an Eastern Conference Finals trophy. Congratulations, bro. Just to lose to LeBron again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so I think now's a good time to talk about the Suns, Chris Paul going down in the in game one with that shoulder injury. Uh, it's definitely not a shoulder contusion. Um, no. Yeah, I, I feel bad for the guy, man. You know, to be honest, uh, I don't want to, as, as much as like I enjoy the Lakers winning and catching this break, it's unfair to this, to the league, to this team. You know, I feel like both teams should be playing at full strength and now Chris Paul just ends up with another stupid injury to during a historic season. Kind of like with the Rockets, you know? Right. It's no, just, same thing. It's horrible, man. I mean, it sucks. Like like you said, there's no way that's a shoulder contusion. The way he was grabbing at his bicep in his hand made me feel like he lost feeling in his arm for a second. Like it was like a stinger kind of thing. Because you don't grab at your bicep if you get a bruise on your shoulder. Like it just it doesn't 
that doesn't make sense. Unless, like, you actually hurt your bicep, too. So, it made me feel like it was a stinger, where, like, he lost feeling in his arm for a second. And it makes sense the way he was handling the ball. That's not the way Chris Ball handles the ball. And I don't oh. think he's going to do that if his shoulder is just hurt. Because, like, he's not extending his arm up. Like, it makes more sense for a shot, like, how a shot's been bad, too. But just dribbling the ball, I don't think that's going to be the same effect if it's just a contusion. So, yeah, I definitely think there's something more going on that they're not letting out. Yeah. On top of him just being injured, Kevin Harlan and Reggie were saying that, you know, he was out there shooting for a long time trying to get that shoulder ready to start the game. Clearly wasn't right. And I feel like it was just so hard for the Suns. Didn't even feel like he was out there. And with the way that the Lakers changed their defensive scheme, pretty much staying with the ball handler, helping out on the dump down, they had hella steals in the paint. It's because Chris Paul wasn't handling the ball. It was someone else. I mean, Chris Paul still had three turnovers, but Booker had four. Cameron Payne had two. It's just very unfortunate, man, for their offense and trying to get around the defensive schemes that the Lakers are going to continually change. Yeah, man, because Chris Paul's seen every single defensive coverage in the book. I mean, he's one of the best point guards of all time for a reason. And Book's never been in the playoffs before, so this is all brand new. Seeing the adjustments on the fly, trying to, you know, get with it and stuff like that. I do think, I remember, I think it was the end of the third quarter when Chris Paul started going, when Marcus Gasol was in, if I'm not mistaken. And by get going, I mean he made a couple shots. Um, yeah. But he was moving the ball well. And I think he showed Cameron Payne and Devin Booker how to attack the pick and roll, even with those few times down the court where he was somewhat effective. But that just shows, like, he can figure out anything on the fly. And it really does suck for him, man, because another postseason injury is just r- ridiculous. Yeah, bro. Imagine if, if Campaign had the game he had last night, which he was in another world, man. He was dancing. He was having a good time. He was hitting <laughs> shots, bro. Like, he was just in his own his own zone. And imagine if Chris Paul had, like, 10 extra points. They probably would have won the game. You know right. what I mean? I mean, like, yeah. It, no, you're 100% <laughs> right. I mean, to be fair, Campaign played a lot more than he probably would have if Chris Paul was healthy. That's true. But still, regardless, if Chris Paul was... You know, at 100%, that could have been a different game last night, especially the way they came back and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I hope he's right for game three. I would not be shocked. I doubt Chris Paul will want it to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if they just sat him out for a game and let him try and get close to 100% for... Because they got a couple days off between three and four. Because Monty even said last night it was his decision to pull him in the early in the third because he just wasn't effective enough. Damn, so that wasn't even Chris Paul's call? It was Monty just said, hey, bro... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I got a roll campaign here, man. <laughs> Damn, that's tough. Yeah. That's so, so tough, dude. So do you think he'll be able to get right? I don't know, because, like, so, like, I looked up, like, stingers and stuff, and, like, it literally says, like, two hours to two weeks to heal. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And, like, but a high chance of re-aggravation, so if, like, he gets bumped there again in the same spot, like, he's probably done for the series kind of thing. So it kind of just depends. Like, it, it depends on how his body wakes up tomorrow, I, I'm assuming. Um, but Monty Williams said, like, he looked great yesterday morning in shoot-around and stuff like that. Like, his shoulder looked a lot better. And then all of a sudden, I think he got tight or something, or something changed midway through the game. Because all of a sudden, that like I said, first four minutes of the third quarter he played, and then he sat for, like, ten game minutes, which is just not going to happen if he's healthy. Yeah, man, that's tough. You know, obviously, as a... As a Laker fan, you want to see them play the healthiest team possible. And 
to you know hopefully have the most competitive series uh but if chris paul's not right man lakers can't do anything but take advantage of it you know your sons are missing a hall of fame or hall of fame point guard out there and it's just it's just rough to see man uh, chris paul hope you get hope you get right bro hope you get right no for sure man and i mean the thing is is if there's no chris paul out there we're playing a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year it's kind of that simple and like you said the lakers need to take advantage if he's not 100 on tomorrow it's an absolute must win yeah. Like, there's no way around it. And if he's not 100% on Sunday, it's the exact same thing. They have to take advantage of these games when he's not right. Because this is a good team we're playing. This might be the best team we play until the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They were they were the most healthy team all season, dude. And they yeah, that's it. crazy. That's oh, crazy. That's terrible, yeah. Yeah, man. So, get right, Chris Paul. Um, game three, I really hope the Lakers... Uh, are allowed to have more than 6,000 fans in that stadium. That's the first home playoff game since 2013 when I'm, I think Dwight got ejected. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight got ejected and left and got swept by the Spurs, man. And I know Laker fans never came back ready. until 2020. <laughs> Shit, yeah, man. So I'm hoping, you know, the Lakers come out hot on Thursday. I feel like it's a must win because being up 2 1, you still home court advantage. It allows you to still kind of work things out for game four on Sunday. You know, it's it's going to be a fun game. If, if Chris Paul's not ready to go, I hope that this team just obliterates the Suns. <laughs> yeah, with all, I mean, the home court advantage is huge. It's so crazy. LeBron's already won a title for the Lakers, but this is his first home playoff game. Crazy, huh? So, I mean, we know the crowd's going to be rocking. I think it's 65 to 6,800 people allowed or something like that. Um and I think that's it. That's the max for the first round of the playoffs. Because that's what the Clippers had yesterday. <clears throat> Clippers suck. But, um... No! And... <laughs> and, um... Yeah, so it's going to be rocking. I think our role players are going to play better. Our bench is going to play better when we're at home. I mean, it's easy to forget. Last year, there was no home court advantage. So, like, every game, you got your best out of almost everyone. But normally in the playoffs, it's you need your stars on the road, and the role players help you on the in the home games. Yeah, exactly, man. I expect KCP not to put up the donut. Expect Kuzma not to put up two measly points. You know, hopefully, if the game's going right, Montrez Harrell sees the floor because uh, <laughs> I mean, who was Harold John at? Oh, it was Jay Crowder during that fucking scuffle. Stupid ass yep. Jay Crowder. Always comes back to Jay Crowder. Um, it never fails. Yeah, but, um, you know, Trez was liking some tweets last night. Why isn't Trez in this game? Not one minute. He was sixth man of the year last year. Mad energy. Uh, why is he not in the rotation? Yeah, bro. What are your thoughts on, on, on Trez and liking these things and not seeing the floor last night? I mean, I completely understand Vogel's decision to not play him last night. I thought he played fine in the first game of the series. Like, it, I wanted to see Gasol out there, not necessarily because of Trez. I just felt like Gasol was a better matchup for the series. And I kind of feel the same way if we play the Nuggets. But if we play the Blazers, I think it's more of a Trez series. So it kind of depends on the matchup. But my problem with him liking the tweets was more that we won and he was liking the tweets. Like, if we're down 0-2 and, you know, emotions are high the sky is falling kind of thing, like <clears throat> the Clippers, um, then I get it. 
then I get it more because it's like, you know, it's just you're angry. You're like, you want to help your guys out there get a win. You feel like you could have impacted the game to get the win. But they won. And it's like, man, you can't be doing that in the first round of the playoffs. Like, there might be a stretch where he doesn't play an entire series, let alone a game. And it's like, dude, we can't, we just can't have that. One thing I do want to say, though, is he was more than engaged on the bench last night. Uh, he wasn't, like, pouting or anything like that. Like, when LeBron hit that turnaround, he was hyped. So, hopefully it's not carrying over in the locker room or anything like that. But I, I just, I don't really like it. Yeah. I feel like as a, play, you know, NBA player, you know, six man, always being involved over the last few seasons. He just wants to be in the game. He wants to be competing and understand that. And, you know, lo and behold, he's on the most unique situation with the Lakers where, We've already talked about it. They had to pick up Drummond, guarantee him to start, took away minutes from Gasol, took away minutes from from Trez. Like, it's just so unusual. So, you know, thinking back, if this was, like, before social media, you, we wouldn't even be talking about this. You know, it's like he, maybe he would have right. just coasted through the media and been like, yo, like, everything's fine, and that was how he was actually feeling. But, yeah, definitely not what you want to see out of your bench players. Um, you want to see more encouraging things, like, and who knows? Yeah, I'm hoping that game three is in a like we're in a position where Trez is seeing the floor, and you know everyone gets theirs. But this is the playoffs, man. We can't can't assume that's going to happen. And I do think that Vogel intentionally sat Gasol over Trez in the regular season for this reason. I think he knew Gasol was going to be able to stay engaged, even though Gasol was definitely angry to start. But he like he locked in. And I think I told you, like, I feel like there was a conversation behind closed doors where Vogel was like, yo, we're going to play you in the playoffs, bro. But he wanted to keep Trez engaged, and so he decided to give those minutes to Trez. And now it's playoffs, and those minutes aren't going to come easily. Yeah, man. Trez minutes ended up with a Lakers L. Gasol minutes ended up with a with a Lakers dub. Sometimes, like you say, it's that simple. <laughs> it's right. that simple. But... You know, I think what you're hinting at is this other tweet that he liked, where he something, said something. he liked a tweet that said they really said Trez was the issue on the Clippers. Ooh. <laughs> man. Oh man, it's so crazy because like, as a Laker fan, I think you get it too. We never cared about the Clippers, like even when they were good, like with Chris Paul and stuff. Like I never cared. Like it was just the Clippers. Like it was whatever. Yeah. But I think it had all to do with their L.A. R-Way and these billboards and trying to take over L.A. by handing out backpacks to kids and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, it's always going to be a Laker town. <laughs> and look at this. You've lost five straight playoff games. Five? After giving up like a thousand picks to get Paul George? Kawhi put up 30 in the first half and you still lose? Oh, man. They better come out with a punch on, I think they play on Friday, or they're getting swept. Bruh, I think they might get swept. Dallas has, is damn near full capacity, man. No, it is full capacity, bro. Oh, it's going to be rocking in there. Luka's <laughs> first career home playoff game? Are you kidding me? Dude. Like, Kawhi's not going to, you know, fold under pressure. Like, Kawhi's Kawhi. I mean, he kind of did in Game 7 last year, but it, it's still Kawhi. Like, he deserves the benefit of the doubt over everything. But, man, we've seen what Paul George does in the playoffs. If Kawhi doesn't drop 40 again, 
man, I think it's another loss on thir- Friday for them. And they're down 3-0, and then it's over. Yeah. Dude. Credit. Uh, Paul George, he was still 12-22. 28 points. What was that plus minus, though? Minus 18, bruh. <laughs> Which means that when Kawhi was off the floor, and it was PG trying to hold his own, that, that team went to garbage. Which is so weird because, dude, Doncic played 38 minutes, 16 of 29. <laughs> 39 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Dude, that is just so good, man. I just don't know he, why. He's the yeah. truth, man. He's he is so the good. absolute truth, dude. dude. He had 7 turnovers and he just dominated that game. Yeah, man. I'd assume that the ball was just in his hands like the entire game. Yeah, 47% usage. <laughs> Which is just balls in his hands <laughs> half the time. But still, bro, like, that is so damn good. I'm in shock that Luka doesn't have enough talent around him yet. And when he gets an actual talented guard, like, star-worthy, all-star-worthy on his team, whoever's around him, that map seems going to be ridiculous. Um, I'm glad it's coming at the tail end of LeBron's career because, dude, I'd hate for these teams to battle it out if they were both in their just absolute prime. Oh, it's insane. I just, I love watching Luka. Pat Bev, he'd be tricking everybody, like other NBA players have said. And I just love the fact that every single time Luka scores on Pat Bev, he is saying something to him. Straight up. And Pat Bev does not want to smoke because he's running up and running back down on offense like he's not hearing anything. Yeah, man. He's complaining to the refs. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Trebev is he's he's complaining to the refs about uh about whatever, man, but yeah, dog. He's too small for he's too small for Doncic, which is just crazy. I mean, I I think Be- Pat Bev's going to be done soon as a starter in this league. Um I know he's like in his mid 30s already, I think. Um and it just sucks, you know, like you said, I didn't really care about the Clippers at all. Um I think what pissed me off about the Clippers was that Kawhi did join them and then for, kind of forced Paul George to join the team too. And then they, yeah, did the branding, try to make LA their way. Um, that's really what pissed me off. But to be honest, if the, if the Clippers lose this series, I'm buying my Doncic jersey. I'm gonna wear. Same. I'm gonna wear the the Jokic jersey under my Doncic jersey at every Clipper <laughs> game I go to. I don't care. And Kawhi's probably not even gonna be on the team next season. You know, I, I I'd be very I'd be shaking in my boots if I was a Clippers fan right now, to be honest. It's either Kawhi's coming back and Paul George is going, or Kawhi's leaving and Paul George is staying. They can't run it back. They cannot run it back. N- now, when you're handing out sixty-four millions four years to Luke Kennard, he doesn't see the floor. <laughs> or Marcus Morris, who might not even be the better twin and plays twenty-five minutes and goes three and nine from the floor. Dog. I just don't see like, how the Clippers can't figure it out against this Dallas team. I mean, they're 18. They, like, they, yeah. They're not stopping anything that they're doing. Like, there's nothing that they're doing on defense, which is crazy because you have two of arguably the best perimeter defenders in the league in Paul George and Kawhi, and they're just getting cooked. Damn, man. Can you imagine Luka playing with, like, Steph and Clay? Dude. Oh, dude, could you imagine him playing with any type of real all-star next to him? Or even if KP was where he was when he was in New York before he had those injuries. Yeah, man. I guess there's just no stopping a Luka-led team if you have Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting 6A from 3. 
You know what I mean? It's just Porzingis three or four. Oh, they shot lights out. They shot yeah. better. They almost shot better from the three point line than he did from the free throw line, which is just weird. Um, but still, man, it's it's tough. You you brought it up. You said going into the playoffs, the since the All Star game, the Clippers what were like twentieth in defensive rating? Or no, was that the Suns? That was the Suns. Oh well, either way, it probably fits the bill for this Clippers team because they've given up one hundred twenty seven points, one hundred thirteen, like. You know, I, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling low on them, man, and I'm out that Doncic jersey sitting in my cart. I'm ready to pull the trigger once that that fourth L comes through, man. <laughs> and and the funniest part, we we touched on it on our last pod with the Clippers tanking, and dude, the basketball gods don't play, man. I don't know who yeah. they are, but they do not play. And to tank to play one of the a generational talent. And get cooked at home? Yeah, that's just embarrassing, man. Straight embarrassing. Yeah. Ty Lue is now 0-2 without LeBron in his career as a head coach. <laughs> that's right. And, dude, so it's kind of what you were just mentioning. It's like, dude, the, the Mavericks are trying to win games to end the season. And you could oh, clearly, yeah, they didn't clearly, care. Yeah, clearly translated. And now you see the Clippers down 0-2 and, you know, bombing games. It just came back to bite them in the ass and... I'm going to love every second of it, man. I don't care that the Celtics are down 0-2 to the Nets, and the Nets are looking amazing. I don't care that Trey Young hit a game winner over the, the Knicks and shushed the the uh, the Knicks, the Madison Square Garden crowd. I don't care about any of that. I care that the Lakers are tied 1-1 and coming home and going to put real Laker fans to that stadium. And the Clippers are going back to Dallas down 0-2. About to get eliminated. I couldn't have asked for a better playoff start, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, bro. I'm down to put a bow on this one. I mean, we got the Lakers playing tomorrow on Thursday. And then Sunday at, in the afternoon. I'm going to have to tune in by radio. But, man, I'm hoping when I'm back and back have a reception that, you know, we're, we're feeling good about our position with the Lakers uh, after Memorial Day. Yeah, man. Up 3-1, going into game five would be just absolutely amazing. All right, brother. We'll put a bow on this one. We'll be back, but yeah, man. Go Lakers. Let's get these dubs. Go Lakers. If you'd handle what I'm taking Separate loads, separate calls No fire line, don't have to be a dead rat